Hey everybody, we are back and we have brought the episode that we promised you last week. It is here. This is the Prayer and Push-Ups Podcast, living a healthy life for the mind, body, and soul. My name is Ben Tlugan, and as always, I am here, or almost always, I'm here with my co-host, Neil, the giant ginger Maxwell, who is trying to really hard not to fangirl tonight because he is super excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie, that hurts a little, but you're not wrong. So I can't say, just, <laughs> I just can't say. <laughs> And you know, I just realized I forgot to say, everybody, welcome to the gyms. You got it right uh, I don't this know time. if our guest noticed. Yes, I did say gyms. I, I'm finally getting the idea that we are in two separate gyms now, so I have to be plural. Um, tonight, we are, we are going to skip the warm-up, and we are going to get right into it. That's not a good idea with your workout normally. But we have got an awesome guest here tonight, and we want to make sure that we get as much time to spend with him and hear from him as we can. And so our guest tonight is Mr. Dave. I'm stealing this nickname uh, from someone else who gave it to him. Dave the Body Van Vickle. (laughs) So for those who don't know, Dave is a co-host on the podcast, Every Knee Shall Bow. And uh, Dave, we are really thrilled to have you here with us. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. So uh, uh, (laughs) for those who don't know, for those who don't know, we are on our fan base and stuff like that. So you do, uh, you specialize in uh, evangelization and you also have a a specialty going around talks talking about spiritual warfare and deliverance ministry. So that's real excited. And I'm sure we'll, talk about that eventually and stuff like that but it's, sure, yeah. it's our exercise podcast so we got to start off with like like right. okay what is the exercise so like what um so what is your uh history of exercise like how did you get into lifting and exercise and yeah where'd that start for you yeah yeah so um it's actually probably pretty shallow compared to most people um i i'm not a real good athlete at all and um but I love, I loved all kinds of fight sport. So I love boxing, kickboxing, all that kind of stuff. And I grew up like kind of idolizing that, those sports and, um, really like kind of got into that really seriously and loved it and everything. And, um, um, yeah, did a lot of it and everything. And then I'd say, um, probably nine years ago, I had pretty much never, ever picked up a weight, a free weight in my life up until about nine years ago. That's the truth. I mean, I played high school football, but I, like, I don't remember, I don't think I ever like, you know, picked up weights then or anything like that. It was just never part of my life. And then, um, I was working at a parish and, um, yeah, I had dumbbells. That was about the the extent of it. And somebody at the parish gave me a a bench press or bench. And, um, at the time in my life, I have two children who have um, disabilities and I, I had so much stress in my life. And, um, um, it, it was like uh, the first time in my life I saw that, like, Oh my goodness, I had no idea there was such an emotional release 
particularly with lifting. Like I've heard people talk about it with running, although that has never been the case for me. I hate it. Right. I, and I like more stressed after a run than I would be even, you know, before, but, or like cardio or something like that. But like lifting heavy weights for it, it did something chemically for sure in me where I was like, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. So I like really loved it right away. And, um, as you guys might understand, like, so I've worked for the church for like 15 years and, um, you know, I, I always have to find ways to make extra money. And, um, now it's with speaking, but yeah. before the speaking worked out, I worked as a bouncer in bars at night because, um, uh, well, first of all, cause of the martial arts experienced. And second of all, because it was great for a family. Honestly, I know that sounds crazy, but like you put the kids to bed and then you'd go to work. So you, it wouldn't interrupt family time. So, um, you know, I mean, lifting weights there was, it was almost a necessity, you know, at that point, you know, you get big and everything more, more to protect the other people than for you, but you know, that kind of thing. So I, I loved it so much like lifting and I wish I had found it sooner, but, um, then I started to really love like strongman stuff. So I, I would like, um, like now for me, it's pretty much like a hybrid of, do a little bit of like CrossFit stuff. So some Olympic lifts, I pretty much only squat and deadlift for my program, you know? So like I'll do Olympic lifts, I'll do some strongman stuff. I have a 300 pound tire that I love to flip and stuff like that. But as far as like what I'm dedicated to, I squat and I deadlift and that's pretty much it. I, I don't do too much else. So, so yeah. So, I mean, that's how I kind of got involved in I wouldn't say I'm the most dedicated person, but I, I love it. And I don't, I think it saved my life. I really do. As far as the stress relief. Yeah. yeah. It's the most underused stress relief. Yeah. Out there. I yeah. think that's true. Yeah. Food is the most overused and right. working out is the most underused. Yeah. So. No, I mean, it was, uh, I could probably say like the same for me with that, with discovering exercise. I remember, uh, speaking to a nurse who is a nurse practitioner who's giving me counseling uh, about things. She's like, you know, there's only two uh, proper like stress relievers that she can. And one would be like the marital act. And I was 19 at the time. Right. So that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and, and, and like, and, and like rigorous exercise. Uh, right. Um, and so that, that really helped me keep my head on straight during some stressful times. And so, yeah, I completely agree. I think, um, and yeah, it's, it's just absolutely amazing. Like the, um, like the habituation that happens to it. And then like, what happens to you when you go without it for such a long time? Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> so it's just like my, my, I'm in um, Dallas right now. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm in Dallas right now with, uh, with my wife. She's getting a medical treatment and, uh, I've been like texting my brothers. This is where I grew up in Dallas and, uh, like how what what kind of dumbbells do you have at your house like what size dumbbells you know because i'm like i'm here for like a week and i just you know it's just like i yeah you know, i gotta have something here because i'm gonna be crazy you know yeah you, what I, you I, gotta do is you gotta get one of those big mobile gyms like dwayne the rock johnson has and just right. take this giant the tent full of a full gym all yeah. over i mean that guy's gym is bigger than most la fitness right. i think right um <laughs> No, and he I, just travels with it. Yeah, I mean, we always. Rec I think one of the things we talk we've talked about in the podcast in the past is like um, getting those bands. Like I do, and, I do that when I travel. I do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you got that, and then um, you so can always right. single legs, uh, single right leg or there. pistol squats on top of the band. <laughs> right, yeah, like pistol squats off of the uh, hotel bed. 
right? So single leg squats, so you just like do enough right. repetitions, eventually you're gonna get a pump and it's just to try to get in there. <laughs> uh, so, okay, when you were a bouncer, like, I, I have to ask this, like, cause like we all, like I have, I have three kids. Um, ben, you have children as well. Yeah. Okay, two. Got two. And uh, like, I can't imagine then like the lack of sleep with being a bouncer. Like how oh, yeah. much did you sleep and when? Yeah. So I was never a big sleeper. That's the first thing you have to understand, um, okay. which has like, which <clears throat> interesting, only you guys would probably understand this, but has played like, I wish I would have learned to sleep when I was younger because now I want to sleep so bad for games. You know, I do like I, and I have a hard time. Like I just, um, yeah. So I, so I've never been a big, big sleeper, but you're right. Um, it was always an issue, but you know, I mean, you do what you have to do with when you have kids and you got to pay the bills and you know, I mean, you just, yeah. yeah. I'm just glad to know that I'm not the only person who works, has worked in ministry and simultaneously been a bouncer. Oh yeah. I'm just glad to know I'm not alone. You know, I, I, met, a lot I, met, I met a lot of people who have, who have had that experience and Pope Francis, think about that. He was a bouncer. He was a bouncer. Was. I had no idea. Yeah. All right. I feel so much better about it now. Yeah. I actually ended up leaving that job because of, yeah, I ended up leaving that job because of the environment. I just couldn't do the environment anymore. But it was, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was a perfect job for family because you left after the kids were in bed. And um, I still remember one night, it was like one o'clock in the morning, the place was getting ready to shut down. It was pretty quiet. And this was a really high end place. So they didn't have a lot of people sticking around until the actual close. And, uh, I was thinking about, I was missing my son. He was pretty young at the time, my first, and I thought, you know, I'm going to check on him. I had a video camera. I could look at him Oh, that's awesome. via, from wherever on my phone. And so I logged in, I was checked, looking at him and just seeing how he was doing. And I kid you not, the kid is lying on his back, plants his feet on the, the rungs of his crib, kicks himself up and over, lands on all fours, and then flops back down onto his stomach sleeping, never woke up. That's awesome. Like, this kid is literally doing gymnastics like in his sleep. Right. Right. Like, awesome. I couldn't do that if my life right. depended yeah, on right. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Other gosh. fun things you do, you do when you're bouncing. You see your kids oh, do man. stuff in their sleep you never imagined. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, okay, so I have a question for you then. You don't sleep much. So this is a big question between me, you know, Neil and I are very different in this AM workout or PM workout. I, so I want an AM workout. I want to, and I aspire to that. And one day I will, I promise you that. And I, and I, I don't know if you probably haven't listened to enough of the podcasts to realize. So in January 1st, of this year, I ate my last carbohydrate. I've been carnivore since January 1st. Oh, wow. And wow. So let me tell you this. So this is interesting. So it's not, it, it, it obviously it's not going to help me. It does not help you progress in lifting. It doesn't, I don't care what anyone says. Okay. All the big carnivores think it does. It doesn't, but it, lifting is amazing on carnivore you get a pump in a second like i could just flex right now and i'm like whoa you know like it's in a second it's awesome like you get a pump so quick you know? um and it's yeah so no i'm so glad you brought it up because i did i started last month for carnivore okay uh, and okay. so i and i just uh i'm my birthday's in october and i'm doing a peak to do my little personal okay. powerlifting me and so i just started adding in carbs 
because I want to actually like, you know, right. hit the games. But it was, uh, but you, that was the thing. It's like, I noticed that my volume couldn't be that much because the pump and like, I was afraid it was going to tear something, right? Because you'd be too dehydrated. Right. Right. Um, yeah. so, so, so interestingly, I bet there is, I'm sure someone could get gains on carnivore, but I don't know how you'd have the time or the money to eat that much. I really don't. You know, you'd have to eat so much meat. It's like, you know, anyway. Yeah, to be able to be in a caloric yeah. uh, surplus gain in that. Yeah, surplus, thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to think, what is the word here? <laughs> yeah, being in a caloric surplus, you'd have to, man, that's a lot of meat. Right. right. That's a lot of meat. You, like, right. you, you wouldn't be able to, you literally have to have a plate yep. covered oh. in meat in the gym. Right. And during your rest periods between sets, you'd have to be shoveling. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, that, that was that was the crazy thing about it is like it had basically like it was like about two pounds of meat, and you'd hit your one gram protein per pound of lean body mass, and like you'd only be at like thirteen hundred calories yeah. for the day, and so you'd be like in this huge caloric deficit, but you'd still get all the protein that you need, so you weren't hungry. And so like, yeah, I I loved it, and like. It got, I, I figured out a bunch of my food intolerances because of it. Yeah. So like that was, that's really nice. But you me, know, it was the mental thing, man. I can't, I can't give it up now. Cause I love I, I the clarity and the being in ketosis for me is like a super, it's like superhuman mental, you know? Mm. So it's, it's, yeah, it's awesome, I agree. You know? uh, so we, I actually, we did an episode. I did it with my wife because Neil and I, that was one of the few times he didn't join me for an episode, but we, just went through a book called Eat Fast Feast. And it, okay. uh, he talks about the history of fasting in the church and the health benefits of fasting. Cool. So he has a keto-based diet that, and program that he gets, has you go on for six weeks to kind of get you into that state where it's much easier to fast and right. that type of thing. And holy cow, yeah, the clarity. Yeah. When, when your brain is running on fat, it's just insane. Right. So only times I have trouble sleeping is when I'm in a state of ketosis because my brain just will not shut off. <laughs> Otherwise, my head hits the pillow and I am gone, man. Right. I mean, I am so freaking exhausted all the time. Right. <laughs> I'm sleeping before I get to bed half the time. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I, I need to get, I, apparently that didn't happen to me. I don't know. Maybe I just was, I'm always this clear minded or something yeah, like right. that. I don't Always. know like I, it, it never happened to me yeah I was like a caveman before that's why I'm like <laughs> I'm like adding you know one plus one so no and I mean the only time I've experienced something like that is uh when I first got my sleep apnea machine because just naturally okay. I guess it runs in my family and then like I was uh before I had it uh my oxygen levels were dropping into like the high 70s which usually if it goes below 90 they put you on o2 in a hospital right and so like after I actually started to breathe like my brain started functioning and so like my sleep's never been I don't yeah anyways yeah enough about me um so like I think I, next question so like uh it's for for you I guess the second question is like what role does it play in your vocation your formation your faith life you know you talked about how it plays in your like your, your stress relief like how do you think it affects your faith like yeah um so here's what's interesting about it um you know, for me, like the fight sports um, and even like the world of being a bouncer, like um, my kids love to talk about it. And my wife loves to talk about it. They love to like watch videos of old fights and stuff like that. They love it. But it, I have no nostalgia for it at all because it was all just total vain glory. Okay. It all was just total vain glory. 
And it, it would be very easy, I think, like for lifting to get that way as well. I think, it, I, and for most people, I think that is pretty much, you know, uh, although you don't see that like in the powerlifting or the strongman, but certainly like if you're physique lifting, it's all, that's what it is. I mean, that's your life, you know? So I, I it's very much for me, a matter of discipline of life, right? So um, it, it plays a how can I say this? It fills a spot in my day that needed to be filled with something right ordered. And so, um, you know, there's that kind of like feeling in a life of discipleship where it's like um, when you're riding a bike and the chain keeps slipping and you're like pumping hard and finally the chain clicks. Right. And so you got your prayer life going, you've got, you know, your moral life going, everything is going pretty well. You're trying really hard. And this is another part of, a well-ordered life um, that helps deeply, but it's not just that, right? So, and, and this is where like people will call in and say that, oh, you, you brought some chauvinist, jack, you know, crazy man onto the show or something, you know? We've had, they don't, they they don't, don't have, have our number, number, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I was that we've probably said much worse, like. Right, but, uh, but, you know, like, um, there, like, is a serious issue now with young men that they will get to, like, an age, like, I'm 37, and they could get to, like, the age of 30 and never have tried hard at anything in their life, right? You, it is very important, not just for, like, emotional issues, not just for, like, you know, mental health, but spiritually, to try something and fail at it. It's very, very important because it shows us our limitations and it shows us a place to grow. And I think that that's like really, really important for me. Like I, I want to fail at lifts um, because I want to know that I'm moving somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I uh, that's actually something that hits very close to home for, for me. That's my, what I believe God is calling me to ultimately is, is forming boys into men. Yeah, uh, especially within the within the church, and uh, so a number of a couple of years back, I ran a pilot for a program I had in my head where I took six high school boys, ran them through two weeks of training, physical and spiritual training, and then in, initiated them into manhood with the help of their fathers. That's awesome. And uh, but I told them at the very beginning, I was asking my my youth group, all right, I need volunteers. Guys, ladies, sorry, this isn't for you. Guys, I need volunteers. I'm not going to force anyone to do this, but I'm going to make you miserable and make you wish you were dead. Who <laughs> right. wants in? Right. And I had six boys go, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, because that's it. what they want. That's they wanted they want. to be challenged. They wanted to be able to say, I accomplished something that other people haven't done. And uh, that's, that's what I love about uh, being a vet, coming through basic training and going into combat and stuff is it's, it's, you can say you've done something that others haven't done. Yeah, I can imagine. I that's, that's what, so it's, I mean, in the grand scheme, you look at basic training, it really wasn't actually that terribly hard, but it was a lot harder than most people would want to try to go after. Yeah. And uh, so just, and guys who like go to Navy SEAL training, I mean, half of them wash out, but the whole point is just try. Right. Try. And, and see, where, you're, see right. where you can go. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to be challenged. Men, young men want to be challenged to see wh what they're made of. Right. And I don't know who, uh, a good priest friend of mine told me this one time that, you know, like for men, it's, um, 
uh, oftentimes it doesn't matter where you are on the ladder, but you want to know where you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not a, it's not an issue. And, um, and, and you want to know where you are on that ladder. And the only way to do that is to like test yourself. And, and I just, you know, I get so much flack when I start talking about like the condition of voice today, but we are making wussies. We are a factory of making wussies and no one, I mean, it's insane. You know, it's insane. I, I, I was, uh, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but you know, I was tangent talking, away, my friend. Yeah. I was talking to this, uh, to this, uh, this young girl from my parish came into my office and she was just bemoaning the fact that she couldn't meet, you know, a good Catholic man, you know? And that night I was scheduled to speak at a young adult event in the city and she was going to go to it. And I was like, there's gotta be good Catholic guys there. What do you mean? You know? And so I went to this event and it, there were these, and, and I was by far the oldest person here. Okay. So this is already after I have, you know, I already have five kids and I'm basically an old man, but I was, you know, an old man when I was 15. So, so anyways, uh, I like see this group of, you know, just beautiful, beautiful Catholic girls, like just, you know, look, they seem so sweet and nice and everything like that. And on the other side in a huddle, there were about 20 young men, you know, and all I could think is like, what is happening? Like, why are they not mixing? You know? And so I went over to see what these guys were doing. And this was about three years ago, maybe, or I, I don't know how, how long ago it was, but, um, it was the time when the Pokemon game came out and these men <laughs> were circled in a circle playing, you know how you like people were walking places to catch. I don't know how it worked, but yeah, was, yeah. I, 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 I know what you're talking about. I've also never played it, but yeah. really? Right. Yeah. It's, it, right. So I was like thinking like these, they're like, they're, there's a real life, you know, I mean, you could actually go and try and woo your wife, you know, your future wife, like you're, like, what is wrong with you? You know, but we, we have created just like a culture of total and, and you have to like understand that I am not, um, I'm not like some super chauvinist or anything like that. Like if you ever met my wife, like you would know, like, I'm not that guy. I was not looking for just like the quiet mousy housewife or something like that. But I am really upset with how we've al allowed this generation of men to be raised. I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit scary. Well, speaking of the, the whole Pokemon thing, I mean, it's, yeah. it's easier to live in a digital right. fake world. Um, I know a guy who lost his marriage to a young woman that I knew this guy in college and he had like one of the, one of the young ladies at school that was probably the most sought after women at the school. And he married her. Like, this was the dream. Right. He had this gorgeous, beautiful, sweet, amazing young woman for his wife, and he lost her because he got buried in video games. Right. It's insane. And he, he couldn't stay connected to her. And I was like, what? Right. <laughs> right. It's insane. And it's all, it, it, it extends also to just, like, um, you know, the masculine, um, <clears throat> I mean, the, the need to be able to protect you know, and I'm not saying every guy needs to be the toughest guy on earth, but like, you know, my kids know, like, you don't like, no one's going to, you don't let someone punch you or something like that. You know, like you, mm -hmm. you will do something about that. Like you will mm -hmm. do. Something. And mm -hmm. I think probably a lot of people think like, Oh geez, you know, like that's, that's really kind of tough, but it's, it's the way it is, you know I mean? And it's, it needs to happen. I mean, it needs to happen. They need to understand it. You know, I, it's going to come I, out somewhere or another. I mean, my father, uh, who wasn't the, the greatest of dads, uh, 
but he did teach me, you know, you turn, you do turn the other cheek, but when you run out of cheeks, you end up. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I was I, trying, you never start the fight, but you finish it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I, like, I, it's, I, I, we've, I, we've talked about this so much and, and there's so many different factors that have played into this, but I feel like every, every guest that we've had on like some, this sometime, some form of this conversation comes on. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's this thing that, um, what is it? The Simon Sinek, who's like a, a secular speaker and, and yeah. motivational to get, like he talks about like millennials, you know, that everything was paved and like Zamboni for them and everything was made smooth and like they see a mountain, but they have no idea to climb it. doesn't matter if you like mountain climb or you take a helicopter, there's still a mountain to climb and they don't see those small chunks and they were never given the ability to fail. And it's as a teacher and a youth minister and stuff like, I see this when I'm working with young people. Um, and that's why like, when we talk about like rigor and, and young men wanting rigor, but even in academia, like, that's something that like I try to bring to my like religion class, which is usually, you know, for most schools, like the fluff class or the easy right. class. Right. And it's like, and it's like, no, I threw out the, like I, for my middle school class, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, like we threw out the textbook or whatever. We have a Bible, we have a catechism and we go through most of the catechism within those three years. And basically the um, Bible timeline, salvation history, like in those three years. And like they have homework every night. It's the only class in the school that they have homework every night from right. that and it's like they ask me why is this so hard or whatever because like this is the most important subject like this sure. is the thing <laughs> so it's just like yeah sure but, yeah they need to understand that there should be some kind of striving for excellence and they love it they love it you know there's a i don't do a lot of youth speaking anymore um because i feel so old but uh there's one there's one school that i speak at and i and i literally only I haven't stopped because I just can't bear to pass it off to somebody else. Like I, they, these kids will just eat you alive if you're not on top of things. And uh, it's an all boys school. And it, this is amazing. I mean, it's most boys when they get into high school, do you know, a lot of boys now they've never done a push up in their life. So I'm, I don't look like I'm in shape. I'm not in great shape or anything like that. I, I, I'm strong and I lift, but you know, I'm not like, you know, an Adonis by any means, but uh but like, I'll say to them, like, if they're having, if I'm having a hard time getting their attention, I'll say, does anybody here think they can beat me in a push-up competition? You know, and always, you know, there's 20 guys who raise their hand, you know, and, and they all think like push-ups are, uh, it's a physical thing, but you, you guys know push-ups are mental, a hundred percent mental. It's, you know, anyone can do 30 push-ups. You just got to tell yourself you can do it. And none of them can, you know, I've never had a kid beat me because they don't have any sort of idea that like no you make your body do something that you don't think you can do it just doesn't exist anymore and it's always very surprising to them you know to, to see that but I, I think it's so important that they have they put they're put in those situations where you know yeah. at least it was for me for sure yeah that I think that's that's a reason that I, I'm so excited that kind of the fitness industry is taking such a forefront in our culture now and you're yeah. seeing stuff like these guys who are in the superhero movies and you're getting background on what they had to do in order to, you know, gain that look and that physique to play that role right. and how much hard work went into it. And all I, all you ever hear is hard work, hard work, put your mind to it and do it. Hard work, hard work. And it, I'm hoping that that will 
instill something in these kids that are growing up and seeing this. And the hope with this podcast is that we can then take that attitude of hard work and investment and then also translate that into the spiritual life as well and, mm-hmm. and take care, again, of the whole person rather than just one aspect of them. Yeah, but, of course. And, and what I think what happens is you get addicted to event, adventure and it can be led into the right way at the beginning. But even if it's not led into the right way at the beginning, even if you go on all kinds of bad adventures – you get to a point where you realize there it ends. There's no more adventure for me. And you realize that the only thing that can fulfill that deep desire in your heart is the adventure, right? Which is the greatest of all romances, the greatest of all adventures, right? Is a relationship with God. And I, it, it happens naturally for a lot of people, I think. And, and I think that says something to like the, the men that I meet that are the most like naturally virtuous are tradesmen. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, it's, it's, I'm so envious because, like, they, um, like, you know, they, 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 they work all day with their hands and stuff like that. And then they seem to be, like, the most, like, shirt off your back, kind, like, will help you out and just, like, take care of things. And, you know, it's I'm kind of envious or, you know, of that. Or I wish that I had a, that type of skill and could sure. make a living doing that. Sure. Yeah. I'm not handy at all. I think about it all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, we- we, we are loving this conversation. We are running out of time here. So we are going to wrap this up. We are definitely not having a bad adventure on this one in particular. So we're going to continue this adventure. Uh, we'll wrap up for this week, but come back next week. We will be continuing this discussion with Dave. So again, Dave, thank you very much for being here with us. Neil, where can people find us outside of the podcast? Uh, well, they can find us, uh, lifting weights in our basements and uh, prayer and pushups podcast at gmail.com. That's prayer and pushups podcast at gmail.com. Prayer and pushups on Facebook, prayer and pushups on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and oh, yeah, like us on Facebook, or like, not like us on Facebook, uh, give us a five star rating on whatever podcast app that you're using and uh, share it with a friend because that's the greatest compliment you can give to us if you share this with a friend. All right. Yeah. And again, Dave, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, again, we'll be continuing this discussion next week. So tune back in again next week. This is the Prayer and Pushers podcast. Until next week, let's get out there. Let's live intentionally. We'll see you later, guys. Okay. Did you stop? Did you stop recording?